All right, shut up. Here we are again. I've got a different setup. I hope this doesn't sound like shit. I'm exhausted. I know I always start my shows with like, I'm exhausted, but this time it's legit. It's real legit. It's not too legit, but it's relatively legit. I got up at, well, I got up at three in the morning with some kind of like shitty feelings in my stomach where I felt like I had to go to the bathroom, but then I just like shrugged it off. I, I shut down my sphincter and said, no, I'm not getting up at 3 a.m. to go shit. Why? Well, I'm old. I need to sleep. I can't get up to shit. That's why. What, you think? thought I had some kind of fucking snappy answer? You think I got a one-liner for every fucking thing you're going to ask me? I don't think so. I don't think so. And then at five, the situation became more pressing. It, it became really urgent. So I got up, finally, after having kept Sarah up all night, and I went to the bathroom. And uh, it, uh, it was interesting. It was painful. Um, didn't enjoy myself. And then I came and passed out on the couch. And that's where we're at right now. That's where we're at. Now, that's why I'm tired and a little bit bitchy and a whole lot stupid. So that's where we are. Now, I went to the store today because, you know, I'm trying to get this whole thing figured out. And I don't know why I, I thought I could. What am I get, trying to get figured out, you ask? Okay, good question. Good question. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. Um, I'm trying to get something figured out so that I can play audio right from my phone. So what I was hoping to find is an audio interface that I can plug into my phone, push play on something, like on a segment, let's say, pause it, talk about whatever, and start it again, instead of like playing the whole thing and taking notes. And I'm starting to think I'm just going to just keep doing what I was doing. Because A, I bought something, and B, I'm too dumb to figure it out. It's really fucking complicated. Like I thought it would just be a plug and play thing where you kind of install the shit, uh, GarageBand recognizes it and uses it and it doesn't. And I really don't care enough about it to spend more than the hour and a half I just spent trying to figure it out. So my options, I guess, are to play the audio from my phone directly into the microphone like a fucking caveman or just play the whole thing through and bring out my notes like I've been doing. And I think that's what I'm going to fucking do because it was 110 bucks. I'm too dumb to figure it out. You're too irritated to listen because you're not here for the tech bullshit stuff that I don't understand. Are you? No, you're here for shits, burps, and farts. Am I right? Oh yeah, I'm right. I'm right. 110%. 110%. Okay, so having said that, that's my new thing. You know what I think that's from is Rana and Beverly. That is the best podcast in the history of the world. You should really listen to it. It's wonderful. Two women, two very funny women pretending to be uh, 50-something Jews. And they're hilarious. So I think what they say is in any event... Or Beverly will say, irregardless, which makes me laugh every time. So I think I've glommed onto that as like a let's switch subject type thing. So here, having said that, loser, um, I'm going to talk about farting right now. And if this show's helter-skelter, then whatever. Paint a swastika on my forehead and call me Manson, okay? That's what's going to have to happen here. So I'm at the store today after I bought the stupid audio interface that I'm too dumb to use, quite obviously. Fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck it. Why do I even think that spending money is going to help me in any way? Because I'm too dumb. It doesn't matter. You get all the equipment in the world. If you're too dumb to use it, what's the point? Having said that, meh, 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 uh, you can have the best equipment in the world. And if no one is listening, it doesn't matter. So I'd rather have a shitty, dumb setup with people listening than a pro setup that no one listens to. Because what's the fucking point? Okay, so I'm dumb, I'm at the store, I buy this thing that I think I need, and now I have to go back to the store to return it because I don't know how to use it, and I'm going to have to explain to them that I don't know how to use it, and they're going to look down on me. And then I'm going to flip them off, and then I'm probably going to get arrested. Yeah. Okay, so what I'm trying to get at, the point I'm trying to get at is toots. Toots and farts, okay? There are a few points in my life that I hit where I knew I was an adult. The first one being realizing that pot of gold chocolate tastes like fucking garbage. They're awful. They are not very good chocolates. I don't enjoy them. Maybe as a child I did because I didn't know any better. I didn't know what good chocolate tastes like. But now as an adult, when I get one, it's like, ugh. No, thank you. No, thank you. And the other point, besides the child being ripped from uh, my, my, my torso, the other, the other point happened today when I realized I, I'm a real adult. I was at the store and I'm buying a melon and I hear this, and I think to myself, okay, I'm not going to laugh at that. So I held it together, and I turned around, and I see a 50-something short-haired 
bespectacled woman, uh, bent over at the waist, attempting to pick up bread. Sanchez of old, I would have fucking lost my shit laughing. But old fat Sanchez thinks, ah, could have been me. Could have been me bending over thinking you're going to squeak one out. Or maybe she didn't know it was going to happen and it just happened. That's fucking brutal. That is absolutely fucking brutal. I feel bad for her. And uh, so I waited till she wasn't looking and I glanced over and she didn't even look embarrassed. I think she was... Because there's a couple things that that you can do when a situation like that happens. You like pretend you're the toot-er and not the toot-e, me. You can you can whistle maybe after, make a loud noise to distract from what had just happened. Perhaps you assume that it only sounded really loud to you. And maybe no one else heard. Or maybe the assumption is to look around and see who else it could have been. Like for you to look around like, what? The, who did that? And maybe, just maybe, to, to the onlookers around her, she turned around and looked at me like I was disgusting. Because who wouldn't believe the fucking sea donkey bent over and farted because that's what I would do that's what I would do I I I was watching one of Louis CK's uh bits and he's like did you do you ever have those moments where something happens and you tell yourself you will never say that story out loud to anyone you're like you're not telling anyone ever I don't know that I have I mean I've I've told a lot of fucking awful stories on this show and my last show yeah, I can't think of an event that I didn't share with anyone. Only because I feel like if you get it out there and someone gets a laugh out of it, it was worth it. <laughs> At least it happened to benefit someone else, make someone else happy out of my misery. I don't know. I'll have to think more about that. Yeah, because I think you guys are up to date on pretty much everything at this point. Anyway, look, I've got a really gross story coming up from a new contributor named Shanice. She's a dog groomer and she's about to tell us a very interesting tale that's really thematic with this show as a whole. So here it comes. Hi there, my name is Shanice, a local Winnipeg lesbian and dog groomer. You may have heard my sharding stories earlier on the show, but this time I'd like to talk to you about actually dog grooming and all the fun, joyous things that come with it. Um, Not many people can actually say that when they get shit on at work, it actually means somebody shit on them, but I can. I've had that happen on countless occasions, you know, blow drying a dog, they're up against the wall, all of a sudden they let their bowels go and there's now a shit patterned wall that I get to clean up or the even better one, which is where it just, they just shit right on my arm. I've been peed on, puked on, bitten, scratched, you name it. But hey, you know what? I would not trade my job for anything because I love it. Especially when I get to deal with the batshit crazy pet owners. <laughs> Here's this one story. Um, this lady, you know what? She, her heart was definitely in the right place, but she was a little bit off her rocker. Um, a little bit older. The dog that she brought in, it was, I guess, a family friend's who had never really bothered to get it groomed. So she brings it in and, you know, she's going, Oh, this is my little niece. I'm her auntie. I love this dog. I am taking her out with my birthday money to spoil her. And, you know... Whatever, I sympathize with the lady, she's cute. She wants to stay, she wants to, you know, help out, see how things work, so that's my job, to teach people. So I'm there and she's there and all of a sudden she starts pulling out her camera and she's taking pictures of me and trying to get me to pose while I'm half soaking wet trying to bath this dog. Now, my method is, you know, when a dog is scared, you wanna get them in and out as fast as possible so that this experience isn't traumatizing for them. But when someone is trying to take your picture while you're, you know, you're hanging upside down trying to wash a dog's leg, that does not make it easier. Anyway, so she's, you know, snapping pictures left, right, and center going, oh, auntie loves you, auntie loves you to this dog. Finally, I'm done bathing it. You know, it's lost a lot of hair, but now it's the blow drying part. And I warned her, you know, your dog probably will be a little bit afraid of it. it it's a loud blow dryer. It sounds like a vacuum, but it's the best way to de-shed a dog. So she's fine, but she wants to stay and help. So, okay, so I take the dog out of the bath, we clip it over to the blow drying station, and uh, she's like leaning down with me because I'm on my knees up against the dog's level, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna turn the blow dryer on now. If you wanna stay, that's fine, but uh, be prepared to get a mouthful of hair. She's like, oh, blah, 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 blah. She starts talking my ear off anyway. Mid sentence, I turn on the blow dryer, and the poor old lady gets a mouthful of hair. 
But the, the worst part is she doesn't stop talking. And I can't hear her at this point because, you know, I've got this super loud blow dryer in my ears. But she's talking and talking and talking and talking and just getting mouthfuls of hair. So I, I t turned the dryer off for a second and I said to her, I'm like, you might want to just, you know, stand around the corner there so you don't eat so much hair. And then I also told her, like, you know, I can't, I can't actually hear what you're saying while I'm blow drying this dog. So she agrees, okay, okay, she grabs her camera again, starts taking more pictures. I'm pretty sure she got a plumber crack picture of me in there because I'm bent over at this point, you know, pants can only stay up so far. Anyway, I turn the blow dryer on. The lady just still keeps freaking talking away, just blah, blah, blah. So I turned on the second speed just to completely drown her out. And my goodness, though, that lady could talk. And it wasn't as if she was a bad customer or anything. She was just, you know, a little too much to handle at the time. But hey, it is what it is. I got the dog groomed and all's well that ends well. You know, at least she wasn't an angry customer. I've definitely had a, a, my fair share of those angry customers who come in with their dogs pelted to the skin, just haven't groomed their dogs in over three and a half years and look at me and say, um, I want it long. And I look at them and say, well, that's not gonna happen. And then they get all huffy, well, well, why not? So, you know, I try to idiot proof my grooms. I take them with me to my table and I show them with my dryer, look at your dog's hair, look at the mats. Like basically a mat is a dreadlock that starts at the skin and works its way down. Um, sometimes you don't even know your dog is matted because like I said, it starts at the skin. You, it might not even show at the base of the coat yet. You know, the, the top might still be nice and fluffy, but then you comb down to the end and there's this huge freaking dreadlock. Anyway, so I explained to this lady, she's got a golden doodle, which is, it looks like a standard poodle. It's about 90 pound dog. And I showed her, um, you know, look how matted your dog is. And she's still all huffy about wanting to keep it long. And I said to her, like, if you want it groomed by me, I'm going to shave it. You, you want to take it somewhere else? and see what they say, that's fine. But I am gonna shave it because I'm not putting a dog through hours and hours of torture brushing it out because that's gonna make the skin start bleeding. It's gonna hurt the dog, especially this dog has never been groomed before. It's now three and a half years old. Anyway, so she accepts my what I have to say and I, I even shaved off a big chunk of the dog to show her that it was all coming out in one big pelt and whatever. So I shaved the dog and she says to me, can you at least try and save the face? Well, I look at the face and the face has big chunks of mat in it. And I said to her, I'm like, look, I can save the face if you want me to just shave out all these chunks of mat, but it's gonna look awful. It is gonna look ridiculous. He's gonna have big holes in his face. So, you know, she sucks it up, whatever. And I shave the dog and it, it does look like a poodle now because it, it's pretty bald. The only hair I was able to really save on this dog was a little bit of a top knot and some ears. and. The husband comes and picks it up and you can tell that, that they're just pissed off because this dog is so matted. And you know, I explained to them why it had to be done. You know, I have a matted pet sheet that they can read that shows why, you know, sometimes dogs are so matted that when you take off the mats, the skin starts to bleed. That's how, that's how sad sometimes people let their dogs go. One time a, a friend of mine, she found maggots in a sore underneath mats because this careless person couldn't be bothered to groom their dog. Anyway, so I do I do what I can for the dog. I send it on its way home. I get a call the next day, them freaking out on me, saying that I cut their dog up and all this stuff. And you know, I, I there were some marks on the dog. I showed them the marks. Um, I showed them exactly what it was from. When, when the skin is matted, it does not circulate oxygen probably, properly. And uh, when you shave off that mat, it all rushes to the skin and it usually causes redness. You know, I did everything I could to explain to them what was going on with their dog. And still the next day she had the nerve to call and freak out saying I cut her dog. And I said to her like, why don't you bring it in so I could take a look at what you're seeing? Oh no, I will never let you touch my dog again, you horrible, wicked person. And I, I'm sitting there going, I, lady, I just spent over two hours dematting your damn dog that you couldn't have been bothered to groom for three and a half years and I am the bad person? Anyway, that's what I deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. So, message learned, guys, get your dogs groomed. If they're matted, it's not healthy for them. You know, even if it's winter, it's not gonna keep them warm. 
Also, uh, if you're listening to this podcast and you're from Winnipeg and you decide to bring your dog to come see me at Hit Pooch on 807 Corridon Avenue, we'll give you 25% off your first groom if you mention Change of Address podcast. Thanks for listening, guys. And once again, rock on Winnipeg. 25%. 25% is a lot. I thought perhaps she would say 10%, but 25% covers your tax. And it also covers uh, a quarter of the cost, if you were, if you will. So go check her out. I think she said hip pooch on Corden. Trendy. Drop your, drop your dog off and go get a latte. You could just walk up and down the strip. Did people do that in the winter? Maybe not. But you can still get a latte. Okay, cool. Thanks, Janice. Uh, I had a dog groomer experience um, when I was pregnant. I, had the, I was just about to give birth, probably about two weeks out. And my mom slash me slash myself, slash I, have a Yorkie, a little a little tiny eight-pound Yorkie, the dog that I had to get the dental surgery for who is thriving now. I'm on top of it. I'm brushing his fucking teeth. He's really good with it. Everybody brush your dog's teeth to avoid that $1,400 bill, which I'm still paying off. <laughs> it's the best. Love it. <laughs> anyway, so it was one of those things where I was just like, I was like, um, not nesting, but I felt like I had to get things done because I knew I was going to be busy. Like I knew the first like six, eight weeks of Having a newborn home sure as hell weren't going to be easy. So I'm going to take Max to the groomer. And I met, I used to work with this groomer lady um, at a kind of coffee shop place. I don't want to get into it. I don't want you guys to figure out who I actually am. Not in real life because no, thank you. No, thank you. And uh, I worked with her there and then I ran into her at Walmart and she's just kind of, she's who I like, what I like to refer to as too much information Donna. Let's call her that. And she's just one of those people that you meet and you just, they just give you too much information. Like I'm not afraid of sharing parts of my life that I, most people would deem private. Obviously I'm doing this fucking awful show where I reveal way too much about myself, more than anyone really should. But in real life, usually I wait two or three or four weeks before I really like get down to the nitty gritty. Like you got to feel somebody out first before you, uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I've done that. Maybe I'm sure sometimes for shock value, I've said some pretty horrible things. So I might be full of shit. I'll have to consult Courtney and get back to you. But I'm pretty sure I might be a little bit full of shit on that one. But I'm doing it. Okay, this is the perfect excuse. I'm never responsible for my actions. I'm doing it in the guise of humor. Like if I if I can see that you've kind of got a dirty sense of humor, I will say something disgusting, especially with a guy. Like with women, I feel I have to be like uh, tread softly because I never know how a woman's going to react because some women think that all lesbians want to go down on them no matter how hideous they are and life doesn't work that way okay just just in case you're wondering just in case you're 40 50 something maybe you're farting in a grocery store and you meet a lesbian i can pretty much guarantee that she doesn't want to fuck you just just in case you're wondering okay because just because i'm gay doesn't mean i'm blind waka waka okay so i've worked with this um too much information donna before and yeah she she gave out t- way too much information. It's like, I don't even know your last name. I don't need to know the size of your husband's penis. I don't know why we're talking about this. You obviously have found out that I'm gay, so you feel like you can tell me anything sexual and disgusting. And it was weird. It was like hanging out with, uh, at work, I mean, hanging out at work with, like, she's like 20, 25 years older than I am. It's kind of weird. Kind of weird. So I ran into her at Walmart and I, she's like, what's new? And I'm like, because usually when people run into me, I'm like, oh, not much. How about you? But now, now I'm like, oh, I totally had a kid. No, I was pregnant. What a fucking idiot. She's like, oh my God. And I was like, yeah, that's new, right? Because I was pregnant. Duh, what a fucking moron. And she's going on and on about her cousin's her cousin's sister that's gay. And she thinks one of her kids is gay. It's like a common denominator, I feel like, to bond. And there's something about this woman that tells me something has happened in her life to make her this weird. I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know if she got picked on in, at school or something. Something has happened that she she's overly folksy. So I want to make sure you know that. And she's talking about blah, blah, blah. And I said, hey, do you still do gro- dog grooming out of your house? Because I remembered years ago when I had seen her the last time that she had done that. And she does that as like a major part of her income. And she's like, oh, yeah, what do you have? What do you need to get groomed? Because I don't do big dogs anymore because they're heavy. I guess they hurt her back. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. I've just got like a seven pound Yorkie. Oh, sure. Here's my card. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, how much? She tells me, what the fuck was it? Was it 20 bucks? Yeah, I think it was like 20 bucks. Not that that's important to the story. And we, I call her up. We set a day. We set a time. And 
I get to her house and like, don't get me wrong. My house is usually a mess. It, it's usually a little bit of a mess, but there's some things that Sarah just will not let slide. Some things you, you just can't get away with in here, which I'm going to interview her about at some point. And so I get into her house and there's one of her daughters home from school and uh, she's apparently sick and her house looks pretty much like I assume the inside of her brain would look. It just kind of like it's it's tidy-ish and stuff, but it's weird. Like there's a weird vibe when I walked in there. It wasn't like, a, oh, hey, come on in. Welcome to my house. It's not weird in here. It's like, no, it's totally fucking weird in here. I don't know what it is, but it's fucking weird. And uh, I didn't know anything about her. So we sit down. We go into her bedroom, her bedroom bathroom. And her bed's like on the floor. And uh, it, the bed wasn't made. And there's like empty glasses around like on the, the nightstands. It just like if I worked out of my home, even if I had to fake it, I, I, I would clean my house. Like at least for the parts that whoever is coming to my business needs to see. Like I'd have maybe I'd spend $60 on a bed frame and get, get my bed off the floor. Maybe. And maybe I'd take the cups to the sink, at least hide them in there. And maybe I'd fucking sweep because I'm a dog groomer and there's dog hair, tumbleweeds all over my fucking house. Maybe. And I'm not a neat freak. Trust me. I'm disgusting. I'm just saying if I had a business where strangers were coming to my house, I would make sure that it was tidy because it kind of reflects on my business. Right? Right. So I go in there and it's kind of weird and she starts talking and I should have known something was extra weird when she commented on the size of uh, my dog Max's penis. And I don't want to get weird, but Max has a huge schlong. He has the schlong of like a fucking German shepherd on a tiny little body. Because, I don't know, he just does. It's weird. And he, she's, oh, wow, he's got a big little thingy down there. And I was like, <laughs> like, what am I supposed to fucking say to that? Yeah, it's huge. He's got a huge hammer for a little dog, doesn't he? Hey, huh? Yeah, wrap your fingers around that puppy there. Like, what the fuck do you mean? Okay, yeah, yeah. And that's when I started to get uncomfortable. And then we started talking and then she asked about the girl that I was dating the last time uh, she saw me and I was like, oh, she's married to a guy now. And she's like, oh, and I was like, no, it's okay. It's cool. We're friends. Like I knew she wasn't really that gay. I knew I was just going to be a phase. Didn't stop me from being brokenhearted, but I knew that's what was going to happen. Okay. Yada, yada. She does the, cuts his hair off. She puts him, puts my dog in, in her stand-up shower that I assume that she would shower in, which again, kind of freaked me out. I, I guess, I don't know, like, I guess it doesn't matter because I bathe Max in my bathtub, but I wash it after. I don't know. It just weirded me out. I thought she would have like a nice sink. I don't know. I guess, I guess I feel like if I had a business, I would have all my tools to do that business in my home. Like if you have a hair salon in your house, you're not going to like wash someone's hair in a bucket. You're going to have a fucking sink. Like, wouldn't you have a sink with like a hose? I don't know. Maybe it's just me. And, uh, yeah, so she washed him up and then we're making small talk. And the thing I, the most important thing that I need you to take away from this story is this one part I'm about to tell you. And just to describe what she looks like as a person, she just kind of has really big frizzy hair, really puffy face. She disclosed the fact that her husband had left her and left her with the house and she just took out a mortgage. I think she thought, I think she saw me looking around at how her bed didn't have a frame and all her furniture was just, it was just like a mess. That place was a fucking disaster. And, uh, I think she saw me looking around kind of like, mm-hmm, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, I took out a mortgage on my home for $10,000 on on this flooring. And I'm looking around and it's like, it's just sheet laminate. Like, what do you mean $10,000? Like, if it was hardwood, okay, yeah, for sure. But it's like plastic. I don't know what the fuck. Anyway, I know I sound like a judgmental cunt and everything, but this chick's fucking crazy. And she's like, you know, when we have a really big dog in here, like when I used to do big dogs, if they started to like freak out or get really aggressive or feel uncomfortable, I just touch their little dinks. Right? What did I just say? Did I just say what you thought I just said? Yeah. She said she used to touch their little dinks. She used to give dogs kind of like hand jobs, like to, to calm them down and make them less aggressive. I should have should have left with half a fucking fur cut at that point. Like, what do you mean? What do you mean you're touching a dog's dink? I can't imagine any scenario ever in any capacity where someone would touch a dog's dink. Wh why would you ever do that? 
I just thought, what the fuck is going on? Like, I was seriously looking around for a hidden camera. Like, this can't be happening. This can't be real. This woman's fucking jerking off dogs as a feature. Like, how much is for that? <laughs> Could you imagine going in there and being, hey, you frizzy-haired psycho, how much is it for a happy ending for my tiny dog? Huh? Yeah? Free? You, oh, you do it because you like it. Great. Okay. That's wonderful. Anyway, so that's my experience with a weird dog groomer. And that was my only experience with a weird dog groomer. Although I did take Max to, or my sister took Max to a dog groomer who had a grooming place in her house. And he came back and he shook for three fucking days after that experience. I don't know. He was stressed the fuck out. He's never done that since. And we don't take him there anymore because uh, fuck that. And I should have, I should have got my sister to ask her what, what happened because he was really scared. He was upset. So if you need a good dog groomer that probably won't jerk your dog off, that definitely won't jerk your dog off or touch, molest your dog, you know, touching it inappropriately. Um, go see Shanice because 25% off is a lot of fucking money, I'm sure. All right, uh, next. What are we going to do next? I've got, I'm going to do Daryl next because Daryl sent his segment in a million years ago, way back. Remember, remember Sally, when Sally was talking about being selfish and stuff, or men being selfish? This is, Daryl sent it in. Ugh, mush mouth. What am I fucking saying? I'm fucking saying that Daryl sent in a segment and it was along the lines of men being selfish lovers. Now, if you want to know about Daryl, maybe you haven't heard all of my shows. Daryl goes to the extreme for women. He he told this story about a woman he was dating who didn't really have much running water. Maybe she didn't have hot water. She bathed in a wash tub or something with like a rag on a stick. And she had inverted nipples. And he uh, was trying very hard to coax that nipple out to perhaps give her some enjoyment. And... He, like, got, oh, some kind of fluff or, like, thing out of that nipple, and it was in his mouth, and he swallowed it. And as far as I'm concerned, he's an honorary lesbo because that, like, not throwing up, it's making me nauseous right now. I think it fucked with Electric Gary, too. Not throwing up and keep chugging along, I, I think, I think Daryl's in. He's in. So let's hear what he has to say. Hey, Sandra. It's Daryl. I just uh, wanted to touch base and say hi again. Um, I saw the bedhead <laughs> and uh, I thought how cute he, he just looks like you've uh, pulled a nice genetic win there with Malcolm and uh, I'm really hopeful for you guys on your next child because I, I have two kids and they're very different and they're both from the same mom and and they're both girls so uh I think each time you go to the to the womb you're rolling some genetic dice and you know there's a there's a combination of nature and nurture there but holy cow that's you never know what you're going to get mine mine are very very different and uh I love them both, but one can be a bit of a chore. Um, I heard the segment from your new contributor from the Carolinas. I'm sorry, I don't have the name right off the top of my head. And I respect uh, that she's totally lesbian, and uh, I re regret for all males that you know, some of the reasons that she gave why men suck. And, and uh, I just wanted to, not a rebuttal, but just a comment because she said that all men sh that were selfish. And I agree to some degree, you know, actually all humans are born selfish and it's a matter of, whether or not they're taught to rise above that and be, you know, generous and giving, not selfish beyond their youth, that whether they've done a good job or not, um, I think that selfless people exist and um, that you, they're rare. I uh, kind of taught myself around high school to stop looking at the surface and, uh, you know, start with uh, people to date that had a pleasing exterior but really 
what I looked at was on the inside, they whether they were, you know, generosity was one of the traits that is attractive to me. I mean, when I found out a woman was selfish, I don't care if it was Cindy Crawford or whoever your starlet is that you drool over. Um, to me, all of a sudden, they just looked like the ugliest wicked witch of the West, you know, in my mind. So I wasn't interested anymore. So I really think that regardless of your proclivities, that if you look hard enough, good people on the inside and the outside do exist. And because uh, I, I really found a good one. I've been together 31 years. Um, so, uh, now along the same lines though, I kind of brought it back around to say, well, if I marry someone who's generous, then that's good for me. So is that selfish on my part? (laughs) I mean, you definitely don't want to end your life with someone who's selfish. They're going to let you sit there and starving in your own poop, you know, in your golden years. So um, you make it that far. So, yeah, it is kind of self-serving to marry somebody who's generous (laughs) and they're hard to find. But and ultimately, if you're both a team and on the same page moving forward it's a it's a synergy it's more than either one of you could accomplish individually and that's pretty awesome uh i want to end the segment with a joke for gary um why did the girl blush when she opened the fridge she saw the salad dressing bye-bye Cool. Thanks, Daryl. Thank you about that. Thank you for that. Um, okay, so I wrote down two kids. I really hope our next kid isn't an asshole. Like, so far, so good. Although sometimes I just, like, I'm going to fucking lose it. Because I feel like every day that's a school day, I have to fight. I have to fight to get him to agree to get off the couch. I have to fight to get him down the stairs. And then it's another fight to get his shoes on. And then another one to get his jacket on. And usually by Friday, I've had it because it's like, okay, it's time to go downstairs. No, I don't want to. It's time to put your shoes on. No, I don't want to. It's time to put your jacket on. And then he goes to put, I go to put his sleeve in and he pulls it off and throws it on the floor. And we do that about 10 times every day with a jacket. And finally, I was just like, Malcolm, put your jacket on. And he's like, (laughs) meanwhile, fuck, I think to myself, if, if I were to do this to my dad, I would have gotten slapped at the first mention of not wanting to get off the couch. And I'm not saying that that's right. I'm just saying that I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. Rebecca sent me a link to something called, called the calm the fuck down <laughs> philosophy on parenting. It's like your kid's being a jerk. Calm the fuck down. Your kid doesn't want to learn his alphabet. Calm the fuck down. I, I'm really good at calming the fuck down. No, I'm not. I am high strung and really angry. And then I have to remember, and I try to remember, and most times I remember, but sometimes my frustration gets the better of me, and I'm just like, I just need to communicate to him that we need to get in the fucking car now because we've been trying to get into the fucking car for 15 minutes, and it's Friday, and I've done this with him every single day. And I'm just like, get in the fucking car. Like, this shouldn't take 15 minutes. For us to get in the fucking car. Just get in the fucking car. And it doesn't matter if you sit on the highest step to put your shoes on or you sit on the most convenient, for me, bottom step to put your fucking shoes on. Your shoes are still going to go on from the top of the steps to the bottom of the steps. They still go on. And yes, you're going to need to put on a fucking jacket because it's winter and we live in Winnipeg. Okay? But you can't just rationally say that. You just kind of, sometimes you just lose it. And I have to remember that just losing it makes him cry and making him cry takes an extra five minutes of consoling and communicating and explaining but man sometimes i swear to god i just lose all patience it's just like fuck like just get in the fucking car like i would have been smacked about 10 times by now do you know how lucky you are that i don't hit you Uh, what's that's oh and i just wanted to tell you guys that um my italian parenting 101 book 
the bestseller. Um, it's soon to be soon to be added to with my second volume, uh, Italian Parenting 201, How to Turn Regular Everyday Objects into Weapons. Stay tuned for that, okay? Stay tuned. Um, okay, so I hope our second kid isn't an asshole. So far, I mean, I feel like we're doing pretty darn well. Kid's good. He's nice. He's not a mean kid. And uh, although he has issues with sharing, but who doesn't? I still have issues with sharing. Okay, now I want to get to the selfishness, giver-taker thing. I don't believe all men are selfish. I think they get a bad rap because a lot of... Sex is weird, okay? I don't claim to know anything about heterosexual sex. But what I can say about myself as a person is that if I... I don't want to say if I had a penis, but in this... It, it, okay, let's just pretend if I had a penis. If I had a penis... And I controlled the tempo of sex so that I could, if I wanted to, make myself come really, really fast and then go to sleep. I think it would be difficult not to want to do that every single time because it would be easy. And I know I'd be going to bed happy. So it would be hard. It's probably something you really have to work on. And I know I, I derive a lot of pleasure from when my spouse gets pleasure. And Electric Gary does as well. I assume most men would you know, puff up and thump their chest about uh, making their girlfriend have an orgasm. But it would, I gotta tell you, it would be tempting to sometimes just be selfish and just pound one out real quick for me. <laughs> it, it would be, it would be hard not to. Yeah. Okay. So yes. And I think in relationships, the point I'm trying to make is I'm stupid. And the second point I'm trying to make is that there's always going to be a giver and a taker in a relationship. That's just usually how it goes. I mean, two givers together just kind of like repel each other. I think You'd both be so giving and generous that it would be fucking annoying. And I think Sarah and I take turns, like as far as cleaning goes, not the most generous with that, allotting that, but I like to cook. I provide meals for the family. I go and do stupid errands that no one wants to do. I do the majority of the grocery shopping, like stupid shit like that. I think you can trade off. But it, when it comes to sex, I think we're pretty even, actually. Like I, I'd, I'd be more apt to, to give than receive, I think. But every time I've wanted to have an orgasm, I've had one. And also, if I had a penis, I'd be a premature ejaculator because it only takes about 31 seconds. So, yeah. But in a girl, a 31-second orgasm is awesome <laughs> because no one's depending on you for anything. Like, in my situation, my performance, really, how long it takes for me to orgasm, the faster the better, I think. So, really, being a homo is where it's at, I always say. Okay, givers and takers, done. And I'd like to think if Sarah didn't want to change my shitty diapers when I'm old, she'd at least pay for a Filipino nurse to come and do it for her. That's what I'm looking forward to. And hopefully one, if not both of my kids, are going to be very smart, make a lot of money, and I, I can avoid shady pines. Maybe stay somewhere nice. Like Tony Soprano's mom. That's where I want to end up. Assisted living. That's where I want to end up. Okay, so let me pick something to play next. Okay, I've got something here. It's really short. Two minutes and 48 seconds. Like that. That's, that's good. A short segment every once in a while is quite nice. Um, this is a listener, Julia, out of Alberta, and uh, she's got something to say, so I'm going to play that and hang on. Hello, Sandra. This is Julia from Alberta, Canada. I just wanted to weigh in on the conversation you're having about straight guys and feeling invalidated by them. I'm a carpenter, so I work almost exclusively with straight men. Although I have had to deal with ignorant jerks who just think that you maybe you just haven't found the right dick out there. For the most part, my experience has been very positive. I'm pretty open about my sexual orientation. It's not the first thing you find out about me, but I don't hide the fact that I have a girlfriend. Most of the time, the reaction I get from guys when they find out I'm gay is that they're excited. I think it adds to my cool factor in their eyes. Because they can talk about women and sleeping with women and it doesn't bother me and I join in sometimes. I don't know if the key difference here is context because I'm not in a situation where they're trying to pick me up or pick my girlfriend up. We're just at work together so maybe that has something to do with it. There are times where I feel like my relationship isn't treated as seriously as straight relationships. But for the most part, I usually let it slide, even though it bugs me a little bit, because I'd rather be part of the team and be 
mostly accepted than to stand out. And I don't know if that just makes me a follower, but that's how I feel. That being said, those situations are pretty few and far between. I happen to live in the Bible Belt. For those of you who don't know, Canada does have a Bible Belt, and I managed to move to the city right in the center of it. So in a super conservative city, in a super conservative province, and in a trade that is pretty sexist towards women, I'm actually pretty shocked at how accepted I feel on a daily basis from 99% of the guys I meet. Now, I know you weren't trying to paint all guys as ignorant fucks. I just thought that it would be interesting to hear from a different point of view. I think sometimes society has this idea that lesbians hate men, and that's the reputation we get. And for me, at least, I don't hate men at all. I just really, really like women. On a side note, though, Sandra, I feel your pain. I have to work outside in the wintertime, too, and I live on the prairies in Canada, and it is fucking cold out there. So kudos for, for doing what you do. Great. Thanks, Julia. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Okay, I wrote some stuff down here. Okay, I work with predominantly men as well, and to be totally honest with you, nine times out of ten, I will gross the shit out of them. I will gross them the fuck out. And I take pride in that. And I don't hate men... I don't know if I've said that enough. I don't, I don't, because I, I feel like men are in my life because I like them, because they're fun, because they're friends, because we have a good time together, because of a lot of reasons. People, women who hate men, men hate man haters are straight women. Not, not me, because I, I don't need you. I, I can buy freeze-dried semen, don't really need you for that, don't find you at all sexually attractive, but met some really funny, interesting guys, and I enjoy having them as friends. I really like that. So, um, I agree with you on that point. Um, it's really the men in bars. I feel like when I was younger and thinner and, uh, and stuff like that, that, I mean, occasionally if they were desperate and drunk enough, they would approach me in a sexual way and I'd be like, no, I'm gay. What do you mean? It's like, oh, fuck. I'm not going to get into it again. It's just like they don't understand. And when Sarah and I are together and we're together a million years ago, cause we're old now. And we were at a bar and they were trying to pick her up. They didn't see us as a viable relationship. They saw me as someone they needed to get the fuck out of the way. But had Sarah been there with a boyfriend, do you think he would have been like, uh, yeah, whatever. You know what? I'm talking to her actually. What are you jealous? Um, okay. Here's a little story. Just one really quick one that irritated the shit out of me. Sarah and I were at a friend's party, uh, her and her husband were having a, a housewarming. We were there. Sarah fell down the stairs really hard. Like she felt like right on her tailbone, really fucking hard, very suddenly. And she was in a tremendous amount of pain so much. So she couldn't even sit. Right. So she's like, we were there with some friends. They just wanted to finish up five minutes, finish their drinks. And then we were going to go home. And she's like, told her friend, like, I just need to lay down. Like, can I just please lay down somewhere? So they brought her upstairs into their bedroom and she laid down on their bed for a bit. And, um, the owner of the house, his best friend was there and he knew that her and I, Sarah and I were together and he's like, He's like, oh, this shit's going to get crazy. Because I'd asked Sarah, I'm like, do you want me to rub your back? And she's like, oh, this is going to get crazy. And I'm like, I'm, I just thought, I'm like, do you need something? Like, she's in a lot of pain here. Are you, are you done? Are you done looking? And he's like, oh, <laughs> I just wanted to watch. It's like, get out and fuck off. Like, what do you want? You're not helping. You're just being creepy and weird. Fuck off. So I don't mean to be a cunt to all men, but there's just a few and in a bar situation where he's got a dog in this race and I'm just a dog, he needs, he needs to get rid of me, right? He needs to brush me off. But if Sarah's there with a boyfriend, like I said, you think he'd be like, oh, sorry, dude, I didn't know. Because men only see other men. Because she's there with me, I don't exist and he needs to get rid of me. So that, that's where I get mad. I, and and it can kind of be scary. Like when we were in Montreal and that weird guy tried to kiss her, it's kind of like, okay, great. Now there were two women... Um, and there's this weird guy, like we could have taken him cause he was skinny in this particular case, but sometimes coming out can get scary. You like, who knows who you're going to meet? Maybe it's three or four big guys. You, you never know. So holding hands and stuff in a bar in a straight bar can get pretty sketchy. And I'm not all about that. Cause I'm not all about that. You know what I mean? I just feel like it's an unnecessary 
danger. I mean, if you want to do it, good for you. I don't, I'm not a big fan of PDAs, like public displays of affection. I don't like them. I think they're gross. I don't want to watch an unattractive couple do anything. And chances are, if you're doing like exaggerated PDAs, you're disgusting looking. So I just, it grosses me out. Gay, straight, whoever. I just don't like it. Ugh, gross. Okay, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, at work, it's cool. Most of the guys I work with, if they don't understand it, they just don't ask. And it, maybe they converse between themselves. But chances are pretty good I'm going to gross them out with my disgusting, filthy mouth. Because sexually, I don't, I don't hold back. I make really gross jokes. Like we were talking about Anderson Cooper the other day with Sugar and these two guys. And one of them says, oh, he takes it in the ass, that guy. Fuck him. And I was like, yeah. I'm like... You're telling me you haven't tr tried to fuck every girlfriend you've ever had in the ass and you didn't say anything? And I'm like, yeah. And didn't at least some of those girls take it in the ass? Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Uh, 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 uh. Fuck off. Sorry, I got aggressive. But it's just like, he takes it in the ass. So fucking what? You're telling me nobody, none of your girlfriends read a fucking issue of Cosmo ever and never ever tried to stick a finger in your ass? Really? Really? Lies. I know Cosmo is for fucking morons, but I know, I know he's dated at least one girl who's read that fucking piece of shit and thought, oh, I wonder if I can just sneak a, sneak a little finger in his asshole. Yeah. 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 How many? At least one. Check mark. Okay. So do we have time for one more? Okay. Let's hear from Kendra and then I'll be kind of caught up. Okay. Here's Kendra from November 4th. So that's how far behind I am. Hang on one sec. Hey everyone, it's Kendra here, um, and I'm going to try and fit a quick segment in here. Um, we're home today. I have uh, the first time, actually, that my kid's been homesick. Um, definitely an experience. He's been here two and a half years, and um, other than, you know, a cough and stuff like that, um, I've never had to uh, deal with any illness, but we've got the flu going around today, and he's achy and acting like an 80-year-old man. All right, so some of the comments from the last segment. Um, Electric Gary, uh, regarding people just trying to give you children, I've had that happen, uh, especially when they find out about the adoption. And um, if you look at them totally straight-faced, deadpan, and say, yeah, no problem, they kind of get creeped out. Um, <laughs> I've done it a few times, but to be perfectly honest, I don't want to... Um, I, I don't really have a love for other people's kids. Um, I kind of get that. I... Uh, I have a very strict parenting style and my kid happened to come from a country where, you know, if you screwed up, you got swatted pretty good. So it kind of works for me. Um, I don't have the kid that's clinging to my leg. I don't have a kid that cries a lot. He's, he's got to be pretty hurt for him to cry. And, uh, you know, he's, he's kind of got the right balance of, of independence and, you know, wanting to be close to me. So um, yeah, I'm not sure I want to take on anybody else's kid anyways, which is kind of strange being that I adopted and didn't give birth to one. So I don't know if that makes any sense at all, but that's kind of, uh, yeah, my thoughts on that. Um, Sandra, in regards to driving in Ethiopia, I know exactly what video you're talking about and I have been in that intersection. Um, that is actually in Addis Ababa, the capital city. Um, and yeah, it runs like that. Um, not only that, did you notice that there's pedestrians in the video? So people are actually walking across that road as well as all those drivers and everybody going every which way and there's really no rules and I have no idea how nobody gets in accidents. However, I'm not sure you can really damage the vehicles there anyways. But yeah, it's uh, it's insane and I would never want to drive in that country because it's absolutely crazy. Um, even crossing the road just on a regular road where there's no intersection is like, yeah, there's no pedestrian right of way going on here at all. Um, but hey, it all works somehow. And uh, yeah, um, I, I was happy we hired drivers the whole time. <laughs> um, all right. And the other thing regarding the adoption stuff is, uh, yeah, I can continue to do a few more segments. Um, there, It was kind of interesting actually watching Taya experience all his first holidays here because he'd never done any of that or most of that in Ethiopia, trying to see him understand it in his first winter and stuff. So I can totally go into a few things um, regarding that. Um, notes. Oh, the other thing is Tails um, segment regarding gray area. Uh, I thought I'd chime in on that one. Um, interesting perspective. I've not heard that perspective before. 
that's not, you know, but it's interesting to hear somebody's different thoughts on it. Um, I don't happen to have a gray area, uh, either. I have, um, I'm not a gold star. I have dated, uh, some men, um, was in a relationship with one for quite some time and honestly, greatest guy in the world. Um, really, really nice guy. And the only reason we broke up is because I couldn't do it. I didn't want to, didn't, uh, you know, as much as I respect him and I think he's a really, really great guy. Um, I don't want to sleep with him. So, uh, you know, interesting to hear your perspective on it. Um, but yeah, for me, no gray area. Um, just can't do it. Don't have, don't have that want at all. Um, in that area. So anyways, I think that's it for me for now. And yeah, I will uh, share some more stories in the future. All right. Thanks, Kendra. I've got exactly uh, 15 seconds. My kid's in the bathroom. They just got home to ruin my life. So I just want to say thanks to all the segment submitters. I've got more. I've got two coming out stories and um, a bunch of other stuff. I just recorded an hour with sugar and uh, that's coming out soon. So stay tuned for that. And okay, so who am I? I'm Sandra D. Sanchez on Facebook and Twitter. You can friend me there. You can join the Change Your Address Facebook page if you want to join that. And I'm on Stitcher. You can listen to us on Stitcher. Put us in your favorites thing there. And other than that, I don't know what else is going on. So yeah, oh, iTunes reviews. Yeah, leave those. Those are good. I check. Be nice if you left one. I don't feel like being sticky about it. So just don't be a dick and fucking leave one. Okay, could you do that for me? That'd just be great. Okay, stay tuned for some sugar. That might just be the next episode you hear. Bye.